Welcome to Life and Laughter with Annie and Holly. This week we're speaking with one of the most famous food bloggers in Dubai. He has 35,000 followers on Instagram and 75,000 followers on TikTok, not mentioning the big blue tick. It's Alex Augusti, Just Food DXP. Hi, Alex. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. I love your podcast voice. <laughs> <laughs> Very soothing. It's like the phone voice, isn't it? Yeah. Very soothing. You've got to have a podcast voice. It's not a podcast without a podcast voice. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Um, just saying then, offline, birthday celebration starting tomorrow. So trying to get some last minute bits of work done today. And then uh, I can kick back and relax for the weekend. Ooh. Exciting. What's your plans? How old is Alex going to be? 29. 29. Where did it go, eh? I, I know. Approaching the big 3-0. And I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to think. I came to Dubai, I think, when I was 21. And then it was like the last like seven, eight years has just disappeared. I, it goes so much quicker Going over by. here. But as I said to you, and, Alex, and you, you, you're aging well, darling. You are aging very well. You're like a, like a bit of a fine wine. I've done a bit of stalking on your page on Instagram. And I was like, very <laughs> handsome man. I've had my hair done. Have you, have you seen? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm swept away with the compliments. I was like, you can have me back for episode two anytime you want. I, know. I, should, I shouldn't really be saying this. I've got a boyfriend. <laughs> and he listens to it. I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> also, Holly, can we stop fangirling? <laughs> we'll get I know, the autograph I afterwards. I know, I had to just kind of get that out of the way, get out of the way. Um, I've been stuttering, I've got like sweaty palms, got sweaty palms, so excuse me if I get nervous. <laughs> now, enough about me, um, enough about me. So how did you become a food blogger, Alex? And what were you doing before? That's what people, that's so, what I actually really want to know, your journey. So I, I was completely out of the industry. I was in, um, I was working as a sales manager for a CRM startup with a couple of my mates in Dubai. And um, I've been in sales all my life. My, my dad basically said, you know, you got two things in life. Either you've got a degree or you've got sales experience. And I didn't have a degree. So it was like naturally kind of pushed in that direction. And it, as well as it was going, it was like, um, it was just, we got, I got the job just before COVID. And, you know, there was a promise that, you know, you're going to be out on the road, you'd be remote sales, just meeting with clients, like the type of things I like to do. And then COVID came in and instead I had a phone and I had a LinkedIn subscription and I was just cold calling people through LinkedIn, trying to pitch some CRM software. And it was just mind numbing. I just, I couldn't bring myself to, to keep doing it. And I had that, this kind of realization, like, I can't keep doing this for the rest of my life. Um, so what, what else can I do? And I'd always love food. And I, was, I used to go out to eat quite often, probably like three, four times a week. And whenever people were going out on date nights and stuff, they used to come to me like, oh, where should we go? Where have you been type of thing? So I was like, look, let's start a food blog. If I can get one extra person to you know, come to the restaurant, then you know, at least I've done my job type of thing. And, it was, and during COVID as well, a lot of the restaurants have been sending like these notes in delivery saying like, you know, we're really struggling, times are hard. Thank you very much for supporting these businesses. So I think... It was a time that they really needed it and I needed to obviously just escape the day-to-day -day life. But I had, I had the first video saved on my phone for six months. I never posted it. I just, uh, really? just kind of like talked myself out of it. Yeah, it's not going to work. People aren't going to like it. You know, it's a stupid idea. And then someone one day just like sent me homework and they were like, you've got to post it. Like, that's your homework. You've just got to post that one video. And as soon as I posted it, I think I got like three, four hundred followers in a day. It just kind of like 
blew up everyone like oh my god we love this when's the next video and i was like there and you know no what <laughs> so, that's, that's so incredible. like when you hear success stories this is what where it all starts is just taking the plunge and doing it and you're smashing it thank you yeah. thank you yeah it's it's i think um being someone out of the the like the food industry in Dubai as well, like you, you can come into it with a whole new perspective. Like you don't necessarily know the places everyone knows. You know, you don't know the people that everyone knows. So you don't, you're not kind of like tied down. You just kind of, I like the look of this. I'm going to go do this, and you, it gives you like a lot of freedom to kind of do what you want. Um, but it's obviously, it's a lot of work. It's a, there's a lot more work that goes behind the scenes. People just think it's like going out and eating burgers all day. I wish it was, but yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's definitely a full time job. No, I can imagine. I can, even like we were saying, me and Annie with like the the podcast, we were like. People think it's just recording, but <laughs> it's not. It's not. There's a lot of work behind it. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of e like editing as well that you know people don't see. They just see the finished, glossy, final version. You they don't see all the the raw edits that go in before it. But it's obviously part of the job. But it's good. That's interesting because when I look at your Instagram and your TikToks, you make it look like you've just done that in one take. So would you say that that's been taken a couple of times or? Actually, like most videos are done in one take, uh, which is quite surprising when I when I see other people. The thing I didn't realize, like, I've always naturally been okay in front of camera. Like, you know, I was the attention seeker when I was growing up. I was the, always the class clown. So it, it came quite naturally to me. And it wasn't until I went out and I was doing a review with a couple other bloggers and I was kind of like taking the video. And as soon as I put the video, like the camera onto them, everyone just like froze up. You know, it just became completely unnatural. And it was like, the, you know, they were talking from, from a script. And I was like what's going on here? And then it wasn't until actually that had happened a couple of times. Someone's like, yeah, people don't feel comfortable like talking in front of camera. For me, it was like, it's just so easy. So most of the videos are just done in one take. And then obviously any bits that you mess up, you can just kind of cut out anyway. So there's not actually any pressure. You just, just say what you think, just say what you mean. I think that's probably the hardest part about the food blog is, you know, you're eating the food, you're trying to digest it. You're trying to think about what you're tasting. And then you're trying to articulate it live in like an engaging way and it's that instant kind See, of See, I was thinking that when I was watching a few of your, I have stalked you as, as I said, um, a few of your videos and I was like, I think you went to my local cafe recently on your page um, the little neighborhood in Golden Mile yeah. 6 and I'm always there and I was like, I wonder how many like blueberry pancakes he had to eat just to get that right. <laughs> I was like, how, how long did he have to sit there to do that take? <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, now it's kind of become a bit second nature. I remember when I first started, I was watching Gordon Ramsay videos on YouTube, just writing down like the adjectives he used to, to describe food yeah. because not everything can be like good and tasty and yummy. People actually want like a bit of depth into the explanation about the food so i was literally just writing down i was like Earth, and then i'm like looking at my list and as i'm like talking i'm trying to think like what would gordon say i bet you it's improved your chat though alex i bet you it's improved your, your chat and like your, your pickup line no my chat is still stinky, so. <laughs> <laughs> lovely way to explain it yeah, there's not too many ways to put in uh, the word earthy, fresh and zesty into a pickup line. <laughs> you can tell your partner you did earthy, zesty and fresh today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll stick to the food. I'll stick to the food. And are you enjoying it? Have you, are you so happy you made the move? Yeah, I loved it. It's, I think 
it's just the freedom. It's, you know, being, a, well, technically you are self-employed. It doesn't feel that way. It still feels like you're just messing around and doing a side hustle, but being self-employed and just being able to do when you, what you want, when you want, like now, oh, join the podcast. Okay, let's just set it up. It's like, you don't have to be, live by anyone's schedule, especially someone for me who I never really bought into the nine to five thing. Like you can ask the guys at Terrapin, like at five o'clock, I was out the door and it was like, oh, we got loads of work, so I'll do it tomorrow morning. It was like, but um, yeah, I think, I think now, now I'm starting to enjoy it. The first year was just grinding and then I've still got a lot to do this year, but yeah, enjoying it a lot Breaking more. the rewards. And I have to ask you, so obviously your job, your food blogging obviously is involved around all food, all delicious foods. You even get treats like sent to your place and, and eat all the good stuff. How do you stay so fit? Like, what's your routine with it? Yeah, that's like the number one question people ask yeah. me. Like, it's like, you eat all this food, how do you stay fit? To be honest, there's like, there's two things. I would be, <laughs> I, I would be out of control. I'll be wearing maternity pants, I think. When I first started, I was like that. I put on so much weight because it's like, all of a sudden people start giving you free food and especially yeah. if you love food, you just can't say no to it. You're just eating all of it. But then like the pounds start adding on and on and on. The, the and double like, chins okay, keep just... on rolling in. Oh, the muffin top. <laughs> <laughs> Not the muffin top. <laughs> but it was, um, the two things is like, number one is intermittent fasting. So after 8 p.m., I don't eat anything until 12 o'clock the next day. I've been doing this for probably about three years now. Oh. Um, only five days a week. The weekends I do what I want, but five days a week, intermittent fasting. And I think, you know, if you're saving yourself, you know, three, four hundred calories in a coffee and a, and a breakfast every morning over five days over every single week, it does start to add up. So that helps me kind of maintain the weight and then just a hell of a lot of gym after that. Yeah, yeah you pump in loads of weights and cardio hour. and... Yeah, like at least an hour to an hour and a half a day. And then I think the other side of it is like when you're out of the gym is just try and stay active rather than sitting down, like just walk around, walk the dog, just keep moving because it does actually have, have like a big, big impact. Just staying mobile day to day. Yeah. And what about, you know, being like your day to day? What's what kind of if I, you know, we were following you from the morning to the evening, what's your kind of like Explain a day in the life of a food blogger. It, it varies. It varies depending on what you have on in the day. The typical day will be kind of waking up, like obviously wake up, walk the dog, and then you're into the gym straight away, fasted, do, you know, 20 minute warm up, 45 minutes weights, half an hour cardio after that, come back, shower change, and then you're out definitely like straight away for your first lunch review. So a lunch re review will be around 12.30. So obviously you got to meet your videographer, you meet the client, have, obviously have a chat about the restaurant, try, not, try and understand their story because anyone can take a photo of the food. But I know for me, like I kind of want to know, is the owner actually invested in this business? Like, is he passionate yeah. about food? Why did he start the business? What's unique about what they're offering as well? Because it does help to give you a bit more context around the place that you're at. Then it's the food time and then, yeah. it, you know, even if you say to clients, you know, bring me only out one or two dishes, it's five, six, seven, eight dishes. They want to show like every single thing they do. And then it's just eating a lot of food. It's trying, the hardest part is trying not to eat the food. Like if they bring out seven burgers, you kind of want to taste like a bit of all of them. You've got oh, really one percent. Because... It's like man versus food, literally. Yeah. Like he, he, he I think he ended up in hospital because he was, he was eating so many calories. I can, now that I'm doing it, like I can see why it's, it's quite tough to say to like restaurants, yeah. like, you know, they bring you out seven dishes and then you take a mouthful and then you have to 
you know, so like, oh, and, no, I've got two reviews today. And you really want to, like, drive small little hidden gems in Dubai, don't you? Like, yeah, that's because... your That's your, like, for me, from an outside looking in, you blog about all different types of food, but you really want to, and maybe that stems from you supporting businesses in COVID as well, like, kind of, you want to kind of push them forward and, and, and enhance them, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, Dubai is Dubai is obviously known for its like glitz and glam, its yeah. five star restaurant, all the bougie places that everyone kind of knows. And I was like, in COVID, they were doing fine. Like everyone, you know, some people had a lot more money to spend. A lot of the people were coming back to Dubai. They were flying, but the small businesses, like the affordable eats, the casual dining spots, were struggling. And I'm, I've never really been one to go to a restaurant and spend you know six, seven hundred dirhams on a steak. Like I can cook steak myself. Absolutely not. I, I can't really justify spending that money, but. There are so many incredible hidden gems around Dubai from every single cuisine. Like we have one of the most diverse food cultures in the entire world and people go to the same three restaurants week in, week out. So that is my job is like try somewhere yeah. new and there are so many good places. It's so sad. Like you said, they're all kind of like hidden away. And, and where, would you, where would you say your like three top places would be, Alex? Like where, where would they be to be like your must, must go to in, in Dubai? And that's really it's hard. so difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, Putting you on the spot yeah, now. Nice. Yeah, when you have kids, if you have any more than four kids, I'll ask you who your top three kids are. <laughs> I hope to My God I don't have four kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, it, it really does depend on what you want. Like everyone's taste is different. Some people are going to go for steak. Some people will go for seafood. I'd say the three places that I can confidently recommend to everyone um, number one, Three Fills. They've just won the top they restaurant have. in Mina, which was a huge, huge achievement. We were down there the other day, actually, for lunch. And I hadn't been for about six months. It's still as good as I remember. That's it's, incredible, um, that place. It is, yeah. Like, mid-market foods, great location. I wish it was a license, but it's not. So you can't have a drink with your food. But I think the food is kind of enough of the experience that you don't need it. The second place is Kenoya. Kenoya? So have you heard of Kenoya? No, I haven't heard no, of that. No, I haven't. So essentially Nea was, um, she was doing a dinner club, like a supper party and people would register each week and she would make her own ramen and like Japanese food. And she actually traveled Japan and actually learned her own recipe. And she'd been doing that for, I think it was like two years, maybe even longer. And it was getting so busy. It was getting so fully booked that she started her own restaurant called Kanoya in the Greens. And for the first two months, you couldn't get a table at this place. It was like, you'd call like all day long and it, the phones would be ringing and you go down there now it's settled down a bit and you've got really really good ramen like the ramen's incredible you've got japanese food it's licensed they've got like 90s hip-hop and r&b classics on Ooh, as well that's and it's my one vibe. Of the only places. yeah it's like it's got like a buzz it's got like an atmosphere you kind of feel like you're not in dubai yeah. so and um, date night spot 100% it doesn't break the bank it's like mid-market so kanoya you've definitely got to try love that, that going done and I love the story, like as in it's so homegrown, isn't it? You know, it's really authentic. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? You, you go down there and Naya's still serving the ramen. Like in the ramen room, she's there and she's talking to all the customers and stuff. So it's like really, really friendly. And you're kind she's of watching the food preparing in front of you. So it's, she's still, she's definitely still there. It's her baby. And like, it makes the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. And what's and the next third? one? Yeah, you're not getting out of that one. What's your other third kid? Oh. He's sweating now. Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I'm tr there's the third one there was not like one third one that really jumps to mind because the third one's kind of fluid depending on what people want the, there's one restaurant that actually really really surprised me when i first went and i've only actually been once it was at asador de aranda the spanish place down on the boulevard they do 16 hour slow cooked lamb shoulder which is like wow. spanish lamb it melts oh. off the bone and um, all their Spanish food is like, it's very hearty, like proper Spanish food, paella. They bake their own bread. I remember going there for a review and I was like, this food is stunning. I haven't actually been back just because I've been caught up. But that's the only other place that really sticks out in my mind that was like, wow. And there's not enough Spanish restaurants I find in Dubai. Like, I used to love going to Alhambra and Alcacer. And I definitely want to find more Spanish gems. So I'm going to try that one out. That sounds good. Yeah, if you like Spanish food, it's definitely one to try. The other like special mentions I haven't been is uh, Kana, the steak restaurant in the SLS. Like every single food blogger that I know that's been there has raved about it. So um, it's one that I'm meaning to check out soon as well, Kana. Exciting. And obviously you know what you're talking about, you know your restaurants, but are you a good cook, Alex? I, I, I'd say yes. I'm not... <laughs> Modest. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm like... <laughs> I am, yes. I'm, I'm very good. No, it's... Um, I, I can definitely cook. So, like, I come from a family of chefs and I used to do all the cooking for the house since I was, like, 10 or 12 years old. And I used to work in the kitchen for Started young. about four or five years as well. So, I'm, uh, I'm definitely... I can handle myself in the kitchen. I, I'm a bit lazy, so I don't experiment with lots of different cuisines but i've got like a few handful like go-to dishes which i can uh i can whack out at any notice and what is your cuisine like what would be your go-to if you were cooking up a dinner party i've done a few of them so uh, italian is like a pretty safe bet i do these italian meatballs which are like they are world class <laughs> it's, um, it's, blowing your own trumpet half, now yeah I, they are that good i've been told so it's half beef half pork mince then you mix Ooh. it you obviously make it fresh but then what you do is you put the meatballs in the oven in a tray and you pour beef stock uh, so it's covering about half the meatballs and then what happens when the meatballs are cooking in the oven it kind of like instead of drying out the meat it kind of sucks up all that beef juice Ooh. and then you put them into your marinara sauce very good God, I'm hungry now. I'm We're going to be hungry starving. after this. Literally. <laughs> I'm like drooling. <laughs> so at the weekend, obviously you're busy in the week. You're going out to all these restaurants. Do you still work at the weekend? What do you get up to being, a, you know, like a lad in Dubai? Tell us what's your go-to. I think you know. I think you know what we get up to the weekend. <laughs> It's golf, baby. Golf, golf, golf. <laughs> lads on tour. Lads, lads, lads. Yeah. I think it was about probably about eight, nine months ago now, like everyone started playing golf. Like all the lads started playing golf. And I, I used to play when I was younger, but I hadn't played for years and I didn't have enough money. The blog wasn't making hardly anything at that stage. So I was like, yeah, I'll get into it maybe in a couple of months. But it came a, a case that every single lad was playing golf and I, didn't, I wasn't seeing anyone because they weren't doing brunches, they weren't going out for drinks, there wasn't any dinners or anything. It was just golf. So I was like, okay, I'm forced. I have to get into it. And then once you start playing, you, you do get the bug. It's like, it's the most addictive sport you can play. So that is now, like this weekend, there's 30 of us going to rack, staying in a hotel, playing golf for two days. So it's good though, because after, what, four, five years of, you know going out brunching and drinking when you first come to dubai now it's changed the pace of life like there's a lot more golf days out there's barbecues at friends house so it's kind of 
Dubai keeps yeah. changing the longer that you've been here. I, I feel like I that. don't know if you guys sense that. Yeah, I, I feel that like you reach a ter certain type of age. I think it's like past the seven year mark and then everything changes. But you need to do something else. Like you can't be food blogging like Monday to Friday and then go to a brunch <laughs> on Saturday. It will just never end. You're just basically yeah. sitting at a table the whole time. Yeah, I say that was that was the main drawback from um, from starting the blog is you know Camilla, my girlfriend and I like we used to go out for dinners like that's what we used to do on our on our weekends and on from the social side and now we don't do that because it does feel like work and you know if we are going somewhere really good I want to sneak some content and then she doesn't want me filming any content like while we're trying to have a lunch so we don't tend to go out quite as much as we used to we've started getting back into it which is good because. As nice as it is visiting all these places, if you aren't going with the person you actually want to spend time with, it it just feels like work. So, um, poor Cam. Trying to get back into it. <laughs> poor Cam at the weekend, you're like, nope, sorry, we're not going for dinner. We're not going to these fancy restaurants anymore. <laughs> She's hungry. She just needs more. <laughs> it's more her saying it. I'm like, oh, should we go to this restaurant? She's like, no, nope, you'll start blogging. <laughs> <laughs> Can't take you anywhere. Can't take you anywhere. Um, yeah. Now, I have to ask you, what would your last meal be, Alex? Like eight. thing is, I want to say something, yeah, really like extravagant, but I would probably just get a pizza. Like I'm still obsessed with pizza. I love pizza so much. I know, but come on, be smart. My last, your last meal, it could be a starter, main, and dessert. Like I know I didn't clarify okay. that question, but come on, it's your last ever yeah, one. Yeah, definitely meal. To... <laughs> yeah. Okay. So a starter, I probably go for something like a beef tartare. Like I do love a beef tartare. Ooh, I have do. one of that. Yeah. Main, I mean, it doesn't really match up, but then a main would, it would have to be a proper Neapolitan pizza, like Italian, don't like sourdough pizza. And dessert is going to be something drenched in chocolate. Like it's going to be like a big chocolate brownie with chocolate and caramel and more chocolate on top. <laughs> Basically, you won't be fasting that day. <laughs> no, no, last meal, the fast is over. I'm going all in. <laughs> going out with a bang. Holly, what would be your meal? Oh, God, it sounds so cheesy, but I do love my mum's roast. You can't beat, like, your, your mum's roast dinner. Like, I don't know what it is. Everywhere you go, like, Marina Social in Dubai is my favourite place to go for a roast dinner. Absolutely love it there, but it's just not the same. Um, and then I do love a cheesecake. I would have a cheesecake as well to finish that off. That sounds delightful. Mum's roast dinner. I Mum's roast dinner. I completely forgot about that. Mum, if you're listening, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I take it back. I thought you were brought up better than that. <laughs> She's going to be living with me. My phone's going to be blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you, Holly. I think uh, Chris, my mum's Christmas dinner. My dad's just walked into the room, so he's going to be fuming that I didn't say his food. But my mum's Christmas dinner will definitely be my ultimate one. And um, I'm currently stuck in the UK with COVID at the moment and the best thing is I'm getting all my mum's home cooked food it's lovely getting like yeah, and it's so nothing jealous. that you don't beat like home cooked can you like and especially when it's your parents food that you've kind of grown up with and it's funny how people do things so differently isn't it like we have Yorkshire puddings with every roast dinner whereas some people would just do it with beef and that in my eyes is not acceptable <laughs> oh no and cauliflower and cheese if, you, if there's no cauliflower yeah. and cheese on the table I'm like this you're an amateur you're not a real roast dinner cooker I can't cook one so I can't really throw darts out here but yeah I, th I think there's certain things you must have on a roast dinner list I love the Christmas dinner the pigs and blankets Ooh, on the Christmas yeah. dinner is just 
I, why, I, why can't we just have them all year round? Why do we have to wait till I Christmas? I know, to enjoy why are we them? limited to that? It's awful. You can get them in spinnies, though. They sell them all year round. Why does it feel weird, weird though? Why does it feel weird eating a pig's and blanket? Yeah. Like, not in Christmas. <laughs> Is that just me? Sure. Sure. No, I completely agree. <laughs> and I think as well, like the Christmas dinner is so different to a roast dinner on a Sunday. But I am. Um, and you've done a section on roast dinners, haven't you, Alex? Before? Yeah, I went around Dubai trying to look for one. Uh, to be honest, I haven't tried M- Marina Social, but everyone has said that it is really, really good. We went to, uh, I actually took Dan there, took him to yeah. uh, Rhodes W1. Oh, so the Alex, I'm so glad you, you showed down that. It's so good. I've, I've taken oh. Holly. I've taken so many people because oh, of your recommendation. Was that through you? I have so yeah. much to thank you for. I forgot about that place. That's awful. Uh, that's a very good roast dinner. I love that one. And, yeah. and they give you extra gravy. They do. They're, they're not stingy on the gravy. The roast potatoes are like crispy, but they're fluffy. And then they've got every single type of meat you want. Like when we first went there, I think the three of us were just sat around the table looking at each other like, how good is this? And, and how gorgeous <laughs> is that restaurant? I just, I love it in there. Like the decor, the, that's a, that is a little bit of a hidden gem for me. I know it's a big name, but I, it's, it's a place I always forget. It's one of those places like you get a lot of invitations as a food blogger and you kind of go and you, you know, there's always the expectation, to be honest, it's like 80% of the places are probably going to be pretty mediocre. But then there are 20% of those that are these hidden gems like that place where you go and you can't stop raving about them. And like that is the best part about this is like is finding those and then being able to go, you know, invite Dan down there like he enjoys and then he speaks to Annie and Annie speaks to you and then it's just word of mouth that travels after that so you know it is it, it's good that you guys have checked it out and and uh, yeah, i and have I... to ask because you've had so much success of like your instagram page like annie was saying like you you have the blue tick how did you grow that you said you have a lot of people inviting you and like word of mouth like is that purely how you grew your instagram and tiktok page i had an upper hand when i first started so i actually lost my job like in covid so a couple of months after i started the blog i then lost my job so i was then like i was unemployed so at that time that meant that i could go out and i could dedicate five days a week to creating content and post content every single day which with these platforms if you're posting consistently five times a week you are going to see returns it doesn't matter but like the content obviously does matter but consistency is so important and someone did say to me they were like if you post good content every day for a year you never have to worry about money again so that's what, yeah. what I kind of used to drive me on. And then TikTok was, it was already in the Middle East, but I didn't know anyone that was using it. And I, you know, no. naturally I was quite inquisitive. Okay, what was it? And I started posting it and the first two videos were terrible. I think they got about a hundred views. And then the third video I posted got a hundred thousand views. That is a jump. Like, is I know, a... I know. That's crazy. And I had... I had about, I, I didn't have any followers. I had about 10, maybe 10 followers on that, on that page. And then I went on to it one morning and it was like, you've got 5,000 followers. And I was like, what the hell is this thing? Like, it just, it happened overnight. That's insane. And from that moment, I was like, okay, why am I dedicating so much time to Instagram? Like TikTok needs to be the focus. And it was for the first six months, I just solidly was posting on TikTok and then obviously on Instagram as well. But TikTok was, you know, you can have zero followers and you can get millions and millions of views. And so many people and businesses still overlook the platform and say, it's just for kids. You know, it's a load of people dancing. It's like, you need to go on and actually see what it's about. I'm going to sign up. I, I'm awful, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't have TikTok. 
It's one of those TikToks, one of those things where I learn so many life hacks on there. It's so, and my mum always looks, look at all these dogs on TikTok and like all these things. <laughs> There's so many things on there. Like it's everything, like everyone, like doctors are even on there posting things, aren't they? Like it's a platform for so many more than, so much more than what you think. I think the part that really surprised me is I probably have never seen any of the videos you've seen on TikTok. Like I realized this when I was working with a few people, we were helping restaurants create content and they were talking about trends. They were like, oh, this one's gone viral. This trend is going viral. And I was like, I've never seen that trend. And it's because I'm a different age demo demographic. I'm different nationality. I've got completely different interests. So like if I go on TikTok now, it's like a combination of news, golf, and food like those three things are mostly what shows up but, but then for you if you've got different interests it, you'll see a completely different set of videos and that i think that's why it's so important the algorithms <laughs> it's it's yeah. actually also when yeah. you're successful on social media it's knowing the algorithms and stuff isn't it not that i know anything about that <laughs> i was going to ask alex because can you ever post negative like feedback or like how do you do do you deal with any of that or like yeah. if you go somewhere you don't so like how do you handle it so that's the second question i always get asked so essentially when i first started this like i said to you guys it was trying to support restaurants so that was genuinely the reason why i wanted to do do it so for me going in and bashing a restaurant and saying you know this is bad this is bad this is bad like it doesn't actually come naturally to me like i will always look for the positives in something and at the end of the day, this is someone's business. Like my mum and dad used to like work and own restaurants. And, you know, you've always got to look at from that case, like who is this jumped up little kid who has just started food blogging two, three months ago and he's going to come in and tell, say that a restaurant is bad to, a, you know, a huge population of Dubai that are potentially interested in spending their money. So you do have to be quite careful with it. Also in Dubai, you know i've some people have said this is true some people have said this is false. but there is defamation laws so if you go in and start slagging off a business and saying this is bad this is bad you know especially if it's the wrong person with the right connections you can get in a lot of trouble mm. and that had actually happened once with me i'd blogged about a restaurant and it turned out that someone i know very close i was very close to that it was their boss actually owned the restaurant and they were meant to have a promotion review and he just flat out refused to have that conversation because I'd given him a bad score. So it was- Small world. That was like right, that was a right, exactly right at the early days. So I was like, okay, I do have to be careful with this. So you'll probably see my reviews is, if there's five dishes, I'll say like, these two, not for me, needs a bit of work, but these three ones I actually do enjoy. And then if you look at my scores, I'll always be like, I'll reflect it in the scores as well. So it should give, help you judge it. I will say, like now, I started about five months ago um, sending them terms of engagement, especially with any clients that are paying me. And it's like the number one rule is number one, like you are paying for my time and for promotion on Just Food page. You are not paying for a good review. And like the second point is like only bring me food I like because I am going to be honest in the reviews and clients yeah. have to agree to that before working with me, which is it's given like it's taken a lot of the pressure off me because I can I can now I still won't go in and bash a place. But if there is something I don't like, I can now confidently say it. And if they give me any hassle, be like, look, you agree to the terms. And it's learning, isn't it, when you have your own business? Like, it's all those things that start at the beginning. And you, you, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have to learn from them. And I think that's what makes you a good business person as well, doesn't it? You have to kind of learn as you go. And you're not going to get it perfect straight away. And I think the mistake I made with TikTok, but TikTok because TikTok is a younger audience, 
Being authentic on social media is the number one thing, particularly on TikTok. Like if you are an authentic person and people buy into you as a person, you are gonna have the biggest community following you've ever seen. Like my sister is a testament to that. She owns a small e-commerce business. She's 4X their sales in one year just by using TikTok because she's built this community of people that completely support her brand and everything she does. Me on the other hand, you know, I was trying to be diplomatic in my reviews and stuff and it just came across inauthentic yep. and as a result, like the audience on TikTok, being a younger crowd especially, like they let you know about it. They will completely just be like, this guy's bullish, he's lying to you. Uh, he's trying to steal your money to send you these places. And like, at the, at the end of the day, I'm actually trying to show them places I enjoyed, but because they didn't see that side of it, it then just all came across as, you know, he's lying in every single review. Yeah. And if, I mean, I'm sure you're all following um, Just Food DXB, but, if you're not, where do we find your Instagram and your TikTok? Just Food DXB on uh, Instagram and TikTok and then Just Food on YouTube. So trying to grow YouTube this year. Amazing. Make sure to and like. so please go and check Alex out and you'll be hungry. You'll get to find out all the top tips of where to go in Dubai. And our last question that we all always ask our speakers is if you could give your younger self advice, what would it be? Do it sooner. Like why I sat waiting on this for years and years. Like it sounds so cliche, but follow your passion. You don't realize how much easier your life is when you're doing something you enjoy. I don't work. I go around and I just eat food and I meet friends and like catch up and stuff like that. And that's now my life. And it's, I wish I'd done it 10, 15 years. Hindsight, hey? I did, but. Hindsight. Hindsight, exactly. But it wasn't right for you then. But now you, you, yeah. you're enjoying it and you're living your dream and you live it, living the Dubai dream, shall I say. Yeah, I, th I think that's it. Like I needed to work in sales to understand the sales side of it and the business side of it. And there's a lot of skills that I've now brought over to managing this thing. But I just, if I could have just been doing this sooner, I really wish I had. We're all now so hungry. Thanks, Alex. Please remember to like and subscribe to our podcast and also follow us on Life and Laughter DXB. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Thanks very much, guys. <laughs> <laughs>